Hey y'all, it's Alec. I am here to remind you to check today's trigger warnings. Have a safe listen. Mythale presents Circe's. Episode 6, The Midnight Savage. Why was this on my desk? Can you just drop it? I simply can't. Now, I think it's important we go over exactly what you wrote. So let's look at this. I was drinking too much again. By now, my vision is a blur, and I swear I can feel the boosted bass all the way in my toes. I hope to black out so I won't remember this hell tomorrow. Drugs are being handed out for cheap without a care if anyone should see. Life ain't as sad when you can forget yourself. Just one more day and I'm done. I keep trying to tell myself, just today. But that's never how it goes, really. At the end of the night, I'm pressed against a fence, some random guy behind me, who I guess I'd seen earlier when I was sober. Not that you would in any way be able to explain where, when, or in what context. That used to be my life. I had turned it into a full-time rave. My whole life was about spending as much time away from regular life as possible. There was a comfort in the neon lights and the loud music. It shouldn't come as a surprise that I spent most of my teen years at a sketchy club. I got so addicted to the feeling of being drunk, I never really managed to hold down a job. I told myself I didn't belong in their cookie-cutter reality. No, I belonged in the dark corners that people avoid, the slums of the city, places where people never sleep. I don't see what is so appealing about fitting in, when you can drink until all your problems seems to go away. If only for a while, that is. I became an addict to avoid the problems I'd gotten myself into. I don't know how to let go of the choice to forget. Can you see why I find this disquieting? It doesn't matter, Elias. Can we just forget it ever happened so I can go back to my room? Miss Anderson, I doubt that this was simply a coincidence, so I would rather appreciate if you would cooperate with me and told me what has been on your mind as of late. (sighs) This is a safe space. Is there anything you would feel comfortable sharing with me? It's not like you're going to believe me anyway. You may never know, unless you try. In the worst-case scenario, where I don't believe whatever might be bothering you, it might still get easier once it's off your chest. I would be rather pleased to help you lift that burden. All right, let's do it. Excellent. Session with Jesse Frank Anderson at Sunshine Valley Mental Institution. Case file 69484520, recorded on the 4th of October 2022 by Elias Emanuel Short, therapist in training at Sunshine Valley Mental Institution. Just start whenever you feel comfortable, Miss Anderson. Well, 
I bet you read my story back when it was in every newspaper. I've never liked being the center of attention, so it's safe to say I didn't enjoy the fame as much as people expected me to. It made me really uncomfortable that people had this idea that I did what I did to become some Jeffrey Dahmer. I swear on my life, that wasn't what I had in mind at all. Actually, if I'm being honest, I don't remember any of it happening whatsoever. Would you feel comfortable explaining what was written about you in the media? Oh, I thought you knew. You look like a reader. I wouldn't say I particularly keep up with gossip, but yes, Miss Anderson, I do read. We are two wildly different people, you and I, Elias. How you're raised means everything for how you turn out. To be honest with you, every single news media wanted a chance to tell my story, and it's not every day that they get to cover the story of a cannibalistic serial killer. Pardon me? You heard me, Caratop. Right. Um, moving on. That does explain the cuffs and the staff members waiting outside. Guess so. <laughs> Do you want me to continue, or should we call on your colleagues to take me back to my room? I will admit, the idea of being alone with a serial killer doesn't exactly thrill me, but you're unfortunately not my first. I am rather intrigued that you sought me out. And here I thought you were saving yourself from me. <laughs> Let's stay on track. Right. What do you want to know? You mentioned that you don't remember any of the attacks. What do you mean by that? How about we just take it from the beginning? Of course. This all happened in around June 2020. I had just a few months got myself into some sketchy company. My new so-called friends were pushers, you know, for one of those big dealers. They had almost every drug you've ever heard of, and some I had never even heard of. The drug business is messy, but I don't think I need to tell you that. I bet you have your fair share of nut jobs in here, showing just what can happen if you take a few too many. I can hardly remember the last time I was sober in the days before it all happened. I slept in the back room at the bar on some mattress the bartender had found by the dumpster behind some classy hotel. No wonder my skin never seemed to clear up. Judging by your attitude, I doubt you even remember the last time you got laid, but when you live like I did, you never go to bed alone. There's always someone there to satisfy your drunken lust, or even your wildest acid dreams. Very sweet of you, Miss Anderson. Can you please stay on topic? <laughs> Just stating the obvious. Even more proof you haven't gotten your dick wet in a very long time. If there's not too much to ask, could we stay off the topic of my penis and focus on the matter at hand? Fine... If we have to. Anyway, my friends decided we should take something a bit stronger than weed or cocaine for a change. That shit just didn't do it for them. I was scared at first, remembering what happened the last time our group tried a small dose of shrooms. My friend Sasha had a stronger reaction than we'd expected. And going to the emergency room when you're higher than the moon is not the best decision ever. That night almost landed all of us in jail. Devin saved our asses last minute, everyone but Sasha's. I could have been in jail right now, but instead, I'm here, which I don't know which is better. We didn't think about it too long. Even if everyone didn't agree, we would just not do it. We didn't do peer pressure. We never had to, since normally, after a couple drinks, we were up for anything. Just as usual, we shared a couple of drinks, bottomed a few shots, and... Suddenly, the idea of trying something new sounded like the best thing since sliced bread. 
We were given a little plastic baggie of angels in the sky by a dealer we knew. That's LSD, by the way. <laughs> I'd only heard a little bit about LSD. It's kind of odd that I hadn't tried it already. It wouldn't have been my first time taking something that's made me see shit. When you're drunk, you don't stop to worry about the side effects. Most drug addicts don't. As long as we get another high, we don't really care how or with what. It was a desperate time for me. I lost my apartment that same week, and I decided I didn't have anything else to lose, you know? The LSD were those little capsule thingies, you know, with the powder inside? I was given one of those. And I was also a little more than tipsy, and I didn't ask any questions before I was handed a new pint of beer to wash it down with, so... Just so you know, don't mix alcohol and drugs. It's not a good combination. But that's what I did. Drugs like that take a, a bit of time to kick in. It, it doesn't kick in instantly, as much as I wish it would. That meant that we had more time to make shitty decisions. As you could have guessed, that led to quite a few more drinks. About 40 minutes later, I started to notice the colored lights around me getting brighter and mixing together. I think I gasped when reaching my hand towards the ocean of colors. From somewhere not too far away, I heard a giggle as the room around me felt like it had been glued to a hamster wheel in motion. The things that you see while tripping are almost too hard to explain if you haven't tried it, and I just don't think you'll really ever understand it. Maybe if you tried something like that, you'd be a little less up everyone's ass. I highly doubt I would be able to keep my job if I started wasting my life away doing drugs. You call it wasting away? I call it an alternative lifestyle? Seems we're getting off topic again, Miss Anderson. Can we try to keep the snarky remarks to a minimum? Can you keep the I'm better than you attitude to a minimum? See, this is why people like Cairo more. All right, Miss Anderson. I'll fest you Mr. T more so you can talk to him instead. Good day, miss. Wait, don't tell Cairo. I'll stay on track. Just sit down, please. Oh, well, I see. I, I don't have a crush on Cairo. I never said you did. Right. <clears throat> so, anyway, the capsules effect had finally started to kick in after about 40 minutes, give or take. I had made my way behind the bar to ride the high of my trip on the mattress in the back, which was the same mattress that would be my permanent home after I lost my apartment. I hadn't noticed that my friend had plopped down beside me just seconds after me. I was distracted by the flow of colors that seemed to be all around me. My friend, she didn't talk to me. She only randomly let out a giggle or a gasp. It wasn't before I realized I was mad tripping. She decided to pipe up. Dude, she exclaimed in a way that made it far too obvious that she was high as a kite. I, of course, turned my attention to her as much as possible and nodded my head. I think she said something like, I am totes hungry, man. We need to find some food ASAP. The second she mentioned food, I realized exactly how hungry I was. I knew getting snacky was very common when you were high, but I didn't know if the same thing happened when you were tripping. I didn't really spend too much time thinking about how my hunger and my acid trip were connected. I don't really think about that stuff that hard when I'm that blasted. I just kind of nodded to myself and tried to think of any fast food restaurants I could remember despite the fact that it felt like my brain had been put in a tumbling machine. I'm pretty sure we settled on the Golden Seagull. 
They saw far too many weird types of people daily. I just thought we wouldn't stand out. Or at least I hope so. I don't remember how we got out of that bed or in what direction we started to walk as we headed outside. Honestly, most of it was a tad blurry from there on out, but I'll tell you everything I do remember. The next clear-ish memory I have was from the walk towards what we at least thought was the Golden Seagull. My friend was not able to walk straight, and she kept accidentally bumping into anything that was just slightly in her way, which at some point ended up being two guys around 180 centimeters, both pretty regular-looking dudes. I have some vague memory of them pushing her onto the ground and saying all types of nasty shit. I remember that I felt angry, like that bubbling anger that's just impossible to ignore, no matter how hard you try to think of anything else. I screamed something back as I clocked him. I don't remember if I ever managed to even hit either one of them, but next thing I knew, I was nose deep in a burger, shoving it down my throat like it was life or death. It was a hunger I had never felt in my life. I, I don't know how to explain it. Um, I don't have any memories of what happened up until the police dragged me away. That, I swear that's the truth. I don't know what else to tell you. I believe you, Miss Anderson. Um, do you wish to know what really happened after you bumped into those men? I know what they say happened. I heard all those statements in court, you know. Do you want to tell me, or should I read the statements from the police myself? Well... According to the police statement, I got into a fight with two guys who were about 23 and 24. They have no idea how I managed to overpower them, since they were both pretty athletic, but somehow, apparently, I did. I beat them until they were both unrecognizable, and tore through their flesh with my teeth. I ate two grown men in an alley until there was nothing left but licked clean bones. That shouldn't even be possible, you know? How on earth could I be able to fit two entire grown men in my stomach? Elias, it's impossible. I didn't do it. I do realize how strange this all sounds. I can't quite wrap my head around it either, though I have tried really hard to rationalize it as well. I just don't believe that's what really happened. You were found covered in blood, you know, their blood. I Look, I know I wasn't the best person, Elias, but I swear to you, I'm not a murderer. I think that's the end of the session. Um, goodbye, Miss Anderson. Elias, wait! Get off me! This recording is from my session with Miss Jessie Anderson. I had to end the session when she tried to get violent. She's been escorted back to her room in the intensive care unit, where she'll be isolated till she has calmed down enough to be allowed near other patients. It's clear to me that Miss Andersons needs to have her dose of antipsychotics checked out and possibly assigned a higher dose. She is still suffering from PTSD after what she did and will need more assigned hours with a therapist specialized on her needs until she comes to terms with her past actions. Circe's is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. Today's episode featured Alexander Bautna as Elias Emanuel Short, Jesse Faden as Jesse Anderson, audio edited by Els Sadi 
and Henry Johannesen. Manuscript edited by Talia Højlund and Rita Bauner. And written by Alexander F. Bauner. If you like what we do, give us a rating on your podcaster of choice. Or check out our Kofi, where we have some art up for sale. Or you can donate however much you feel comfortable with. You can also check out our public Discord. All links will be below in the description.